Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we had a, a really special treat today. Well, special treat for me is the tables are going to turn today as Dr. Daniels is going to be interviewing me and asking me questions. So this is going to be quite interesting and, and give you a little bit of insight of what's right around in my crazy brains from time to time. <laughs> and, <laughs> All right, and, welcome and, to the show, Dr. Daniels. Uh, always, always great to be here. And, um, you know, I think that uh, I uh, want to welcome, welcome everybody in. And I think one of the things that we oftentimes, um, as, as we look at the um, theology uh, of, of, of our religion and and try to inject some practical issues in that we don't always bridge the gap and see, well, you know, uh, how, how does it work? How, you know, uh, if you ask the average person, you know, well, how do they uh, decipher, you know, all the um, elements of the Bible and, and how do they sift through that kind of stuff? And, 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 and what is the, the rate at which the changes, you know, um, kind of, solidify in the way you do business. So I guess the first question I will have uh, to you um, um, is um, when you think about God, uh, your heavenly father, your creator, right? Um, how do you envision um, his take on where you are and, and what you should be doing as it relates not only to your personal life, but to your business life? Yeah, I, I really I really feel like um, have we had a conversation before, like, is it going to be easy? Is it going to be hard? I really get the the feel when I'm trying to do something and like literally everything I'm trying to do mm-hmm. just gets in the way. It's similar to like when you're on the highway and you get cut off and, and the person's driving extra slow. I don't get mad anymore mm-hmm. because it's okay. They're slowing me down because there's something may be ahead that you may not want to get in the wreck or something else. So I was like, you know what? I'm calm. So that's what happens now in business. When I'm trying to do something, everything just gets in the way. I said, okay, sit back. What are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Am I doing this the wrong way? Or is, am I making a bad decision? You know, um, and also from the, the episode that we had about uh, guardian angels and things like that. I now, I'm open more mm-hmm. to people talking to me or if a random conversation just starts happening, I now pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, because I think oftentimes, you know, um, our beliefs in God are a Sunday issue, you know, right. and, 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 it's, and it's good to apply them, you know, throughout the week and every, everything that we do. Uh, so, you know, what about... Um, your vision of God, you know, I mean, when you think about how you view God, I guess, before you kind of got serious in church and how you view God now, has your vision about how you view God, has that been changed in any way? And and if so, how, how is it now? Well, I will say coming up, I view God as um, as a person within me. It took me years and going then when I went to started going to church the first mm-hmm. round, mm-hmm. that's when I started looking at it. People being like I said before, being more hypocritical mm-hmm. and things like that. But now, it's now going back like when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, now he's my father. He's within me. If I got a question, I don't have to. You know how we talked about how to pray. I don't have to just sit down and get on bend the knee. You know, with my mm-hmm. hands together and start praying. I just start asking questions. Mm-hmm. You know how I ask. It's like, okay, what should I do now? Or well, Lord, guide me. Which way should I move? Mm-hmm. You know, should I just be still? 
And then, you know, in church, there's a lot of information Mm -hmm. coming at you all at once. So you got to pick and choose which ones. Okay, this applies to this, this applies to that. And you do a very good job of making sure everything is practical, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. in in the pulpit. And this podcast is supposed to be able to expand on that. So we do a lot of talking. A lot of people don't see on air on the radio. We do a lot of talking one on one Mm -hmm. about certain things. So it has helped out tremendously um, with me and my relationship with God Mm -hmm. for us being able to. I'm in the car riding, you know, you hear a song for the hundredth time in a row on the radio. You're like, I just turn it off. And it's okay. Let me have a conversation with God real quick. Mm-hmm. Ten, 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, 15 minutes. And I will say that my um, anxiety level mm-hmm. lowered mm. tremendously. I don't get as um, bothered as I used to in the past. You said something that I, I thought was very intriguing, and, and so I want to just talk about that for a little bit as well. Um, you said that now you view God as being in you, um, right. which is, you know, um, is, is right on point. And, and I think that a lot of our, our listeners or those who are, look, you know, looking um, at us <clears throat> don't always feel that and because uh, of, of, of their, their vision of who and what God is, um, because as you mentioned, um, it is within as well as without. You know, the Bible says that um, when Jesus left, he left his Holy Spirit. And, as, and we are told that we should be we ought to be filled with the spirit. Right. And, and so um, what you said really kind of crystallizes things. And I hope it does for everybody out there that, you know, when you are walking in faith, that you really can feel the spirit in you and that spirit does communicate with you, you know, as right. if, you know, you're communi- like sometimes people say, well, you talk to yourself. Right. Well, the self in you is a spirit that, you know, I, I get you saying that that's what you rely right. on now, right. which I think is, is a tremendous thing um, when you think about it, because that signifies a closeness with God that most people don't get. Right. You know, and I, and I joke with people and I say, you know, I don't know what it is. I I I can't catch the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, I'll be in church and everybody's be all emotional. I'm just sitting there like, you know, it skips right over me. Mm-hmm. And then people always say, keep, keep, keep going to church, CB. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And I keep saying, I said, I don't know if it will happen because I'm sitting there. I don't ever get like overjoyed to the mm-hmm. point, you know. Um, I think even if I hit the lottery for 250 million, <laughs> yeah. I would be happy, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna be like passed out happy. Right. You know, right. so it's one of those things where I know and have the understanding that I have the complete control of me mm-hmm. because God's within me. Mm-hmm. And then, and I ain't, I'm not gonna sit there and lie to you and say that I don't have moments where you slip up, but I, I have those times like, you know what? I need to chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is under control. Right. You know, I just gotta pay attention. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to give you signs. He's going to let you know what you need to do, but you got to be here. Right. Like so many, you know, so much of people are, are in the past mm-hmm. and living through the past, you know, going through emotional issues and things like that, or thinking about the future, mm-hmm. you know, um, for people that's graduating, you know, thinking about how their future is going to be, but what about right now? Well, you know, and you said that people have said to you that, if you keep going to church, you will catch the Holy Ghost. Uh, 
I think you've already caught the Holy Ghost, or, or I should say the Holy Ghost has caught you. Right. <laughs> right, right. And, and the reason why I say that is, is because, see, what you describe is not just a feeling, but what you describe is a overshadowing. And, and, and that's what um, the Holy Spirit does. Uh, you know, uh, in, in the first chapter of Luke, for example, um, it says that, and the Holy Spirit, uh, when Gabriel was talking to Mary, and that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, you know. And that's what you described. Now, when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary, she, she didn't fall out and speak in tongues. Right. But it, it strengthened her faith. It strengthened her understanding and her relationship. And that's what you described. Right. So I, I would say that you're, you're, you, you're catching the Holy Ghost, as one would say, is more evident <clears throat> by the way you communicate with God and the calmness that you know now have. So I think that's, I think that uh, in a sense is more important than just falling out on Sunday morning. Right. Uh, you know, right. so I think that's great. So let me ask you this, you know, so now that, you know, you, you are, um, have caught the Holy ghost, <laughs> let, let's say, right. Um, how, how do you think that that impacts now you in your home with your children and, and, and your wife and, and just, just in general, you know, how, how does that set the stage for a family life? It sets the stage for as um, I, I get all the time. Like, why are you so calm right now in this situation? I was like, well, I mean, it's, it's really no, it's out of my control. Mm-hmm. Like when something's out of my control, I really can't, you know, um, do anything about it. Now, for with my kids, I've I've always had a a, a big sense of patience. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think I have more patience than a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a lot for me to get really upset. So when my kids is it's on the same level, you know, I just I be I'm, I feel like uh, I'm just more in tune now with myself to be able to find myself within my kids, and then and then being able to maneuver around which I already know is a is a is a negative, mm-hmm. like um, you know, one child he like going into coloring and doing things like that. So try to cultivate that, you know, and not try to chastise them when they don't want to do. Certain other things like, OK, we'll get it. We'll get there when we get there. Similar to how I believe what happened with me in the church when I was so adversarial to going to church mm-hmm. because of the way church was. But I was spiritual. But then, it, like, you know, how they always say, well, he's got a plan and you ain't going to be able to get from around it. Mm-hmm. You know, so and and you probably you don't know because I've never told you. Like every aptitude test I've taken, it was either it said you need to be a pastor or a counselor mm. or, you know, or a teacher. And most of them, the preacher and, and pastor was at number one. Right. But I didn't like doing I didn't want to be in the church, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that didn't stop me from doing things that a pastor would do, which is helping people out, guiding people. And then now um, with your guidance. I found myself even helping more people out and serving my purpose, mm-hmm. you know, so it's been, it's been a great journey. And, and, you know, let me, let me just run this by, you know, you said something I also think is very important that I think the, the uh, people that, that are partaking in the podcast will be interested in, in, in hearing more about. And, and you said that now you understand that there are some things that are not in your control. Now right. you understand that there is a plan greater than your plan. Right. So, so now that you know that God is in control, 
Um, and you say that kind of helps you to be more relaxed and, and, and things like that. How does that impact your view on the future and, and where you're going and where your family is headed and, and business and things of that nature? Right. I, to, to give a good analogy for that is, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you got to mm-hmm. go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know where the bathroom is at, but your eyes haven't adjusted yet. Mm-hmm. But you know the direction of the bathroom. Right. And you kind of remember what was on the floor, if there was something on the floor. So, you know, not to step there. But you still can't see nothing. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that. It's like, okay, I don't really know what's beyond, you know, th- that wall or that through that door, but I have faith that it's nothing that's going to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And then even if I stub my toe on the side of the door, it is not the end of the world. It's like I'm still getting through the door. Right. So it's like, is it really going to be that bad? And and I, a lot of people have always said to me. Things are not always as worse as you make it seem to be to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you understand that, it's like you, it's like okay, let me just, like I said, chill out. Mm-hmm. It's a plan there, and nothing that's going to, nothing I'm going to do, is going to really harm me if I got if I'm doing it with God's will and God's plan. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just got to trust the fact that I'm going to be. If I got to go. You know, go across the water. He's going to figure out a way to pick me up and go came across the water. If I go to the top of the mountain, he's going to figure out a way to get me to the top of the mountain. Now, granted, uh, Pastor, is it's going to be a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. You know, you ain't going to just sit there and just float across the water. You're going to, right. something's going to, you're going to have to put forth some effort. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the part I think people really don't grasp is mm-hmm. like the amount of effort that's got to go into the things that he's got planned for you to do. Mm-hmm. But he will give you strength to be able to do it. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I think you, you put it in a great way in that if you follow the plan that God has for you, and if you realize there is a plan, it doesn't mean you just sit back and do nothing. What it does mean is that the plan will work out to your benefit in the end. Right. It doesn't mean you don't have to work. It doesn't mean the mountain won't be there. You don't have to climb the mountain. And in fact, what you say really mirrors um, most of the teachings of the Old Testament. Uh, because as they travel to, to get to the promised land, um, there certainly was obstacles. You know, there were wars that were fought. There were, you know, uh, rivers that had to be crossed. Uh, but by the same token, they got there, you know, and they, right. and they got there. They, they had to fight to get us. So that's, that's, that's a very, that's a, uh, extremely good point. Uh, now you also mentioned something else that I think the um, people would be interested in hearing about. You said your view of churches change. Um, over over the years. So knowing God the way you know God now, um, how how has that really kind of impacted the way you see churches and also church people? It's impacted me with the 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 fact of not not necessarily having to go to church. as like everybody will say, well, you, now you say you got to go to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I, I'm not just saved on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, so I got to be saved Monday through, you know, Monday through Saturday. Right. You know, I can't be a heathen Monday through Saturday to come to church <laughs> on Sunday and, every, you know, everything is all good. You right. know, it's like, no, it's like it's, it's progression. Right. Um, you know, I find myself um, now seeking more um, information or different ways yeah, even outside of you not Baptist church, you know, mm-hmm. listening to T.D. Jakes or mm-hmm. listening to Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, I have the ability to come sit down with you, mm-hmm. you know, every Monday. So I'm able to bounce some of that stuff off you. And then we have a nice discussion about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but the way I view church now has changed as 
how do I want to, what do I want to get out of it? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be entertained or do I actually want to learn something that is going to change my life? Mm-hmm. Now, what is over the years that has changed uh, Pastor is now it's not necessarily so much what is, what can I get that can change my life? What can I get that I can be able to give to somebody else to help them change their life mm-hmm. as well? And I think that's the the major bridge and I'm now currently crossing over. Right. So so if, if I if I understand what you're saying and and just to kind of recap a little bit that now you see church not for the entertainment factor. Right. But for the ability of what you can learn and glean from it to change lives, you know. Right. And I think the other thing that you know I thought was very interesting that you you pointed out is that now you don't view the church based on the people in the church. But now you view the church based on the information you get from attending the church. That's right. And, and that's key because so many people, when they go to church, their concept is based on the people in the church. You know, and so their thought process is, well, if, if this person is not perfect, the church isn't perfect or, you know, right. those kind of things. And I think they kind of forget sometimes or I shouldn't say they, we kind of forget sometimes that the church is filled with people just like us, you know, who have problems and ordinary issues and doubts and disbeliefs and, you know, all those kind of things. Right. And, and that, so when they do come to church, they weren't perfect on Monday. They're not going to be perfect on Sunday either. Right. You know, uh, but like you say, the other important point, I think that I really think our listening audience um, will, will really gravitate to is you indicated that you, 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 you appreciate the fact that being a Christian is not a Sunday, Sunday venture. That it's a seven day a week, 24 yes. hours a day thing. And I think that's crucial because um, then it sets the tone for letting your light shine so that people will see you, see your, see your frailties, but also see the positive, th- positive things in you so they can see Christ in you. And right. I, I, I think that's, that's, that's very crucial um, uh, uh, to do. And, and, well, let me just throw this out at you, too. And that now we're approaching the holiday season. Um, we, got, we have uh, Christmas coming up and then we have... Uh, Easter coming up and, you know, and those things that we kind of really link to, you know, religious, um, religious in, in, in endeavors. You know, I think, you know, in, in times past, Christmas um, for most people was about Santa Claus, you know, those mm-hmm. kind of things. So have your understanding of, of Christ um, impacted at all um, how you and your family will celebrate Christmas or what will be the focus of Christmas and those kind of things? Now, that aspect, not really. And for me, it, it, it for me it changed a little bit for us being more um, holistic and looking at the whole thing of bringing family together, mm-hmm. you know, um, and celebrating life, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating life in the present moment and in, in with presence, you know, if mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. pun intended, I guess. So for us now with my kids, the reason why I say not so much because of my kids, I chose to have Santa Claus. In my kid's life mm-hmm. because I had it. Right. You know, I understand the debate on that, you know, mm-hmm. especially with black men. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, this, I'm Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, ain't no white man coming out of the chimney, right. you know. But I, you know, I chose that, you know. So for that aspect of things, trying to bring everybody together, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, all the drama in the family, like, okay, leave that outside. We're going to have at least one day. You know, mm-hmm. where we're going to celebrate Christ and, and celebrate the present moment. Okay. Well, let, let me ask you this then, just just out of curiosity, uh, and, and you can choose not to answer now. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you, you you mentioned that you chose to keep Santa Claus in their lives 
because Santa Claus was in your life. So let me ask you this. If, if something that was in your life was diametrically opposed to the Bible, now that you know the Bible, would you mm. still put it in your kid's life? No, I wouldn't. Then why do you keep Santa Claus in your kid's life? Because that's, that's, that's opposing what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible says you never teach your kids or, or it is against the principles of God to have a, uh, a false God. All right. Well, I don't now I don't view Santa Claus as a God. I view Santa Claus is really my my view of Santa Claus is completely separate from tell Christmas. Me, tell me what you view Santa Claus as. I'm just curious. Now. Mm-hmm. What, if you tell your child that Santa Claus can can give presents to the whole world in a matter of, you know, a blink of an eye. Right. If, if Santa Claus can can control reindeer. <laughs> right. If Santa Claus can, if Santa Claus is omniscient, knows all. Right. If Santa Claus can be omnipresent, uh, those are all the characteristics of a God. Yeah, it does. And, and so, and if Santa Claus is prominent to Christ at Christmas time, I'm saying you know, that even though you may not, you may know Santa Claus is not a God. Right. I'm saying the same, the characteristics that we tell our children is that he is a God. Right. So that's what I'm asking. And I, and I granted, you're right. That's a hard thing to reconcile. Right. And, and I know that uh, there are people who f- fought, found it difficult when I would tell them, well, I'm not going to do it. Right. Um, but that's why I'm asking the question. I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in knowing, well, how does that play out? But especially in the holiday season. And, and how does that really um, affect our children? affect us and our, our true belief system because, right. because on the one hand, things that we say we, we are willing to get rid of when we know the truth, mm-hmm. but then there's some things we say, right. We are, we're cautious. I should say cautious right. about getting rid of if we know the truth. Yeah. I, I really, for me, when I was a child, mm-hmm. the, how I felt in the whole thing, like as a grown person now, and looking back at it, it's like how did my parents pull off hiding all those presents? Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, my parents was well off, so how did they pull that off? And I remember waking up and like, wow, like all of this is here for me. And I was in an environment where Santa Claus was separate from Christ. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't. It was not even a, a, like a debate about you know what was what. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, now explain that when you say separate, it was, it was okay. Santa, Santa Claus is giving you presents because this is Jesus's birthday. It wasn't necessarily like, like the same, like within the same breath, like, like for instance, the, um, uh, like Santa come down the chimney, things like that. It was Uh being the songs, but Mm -hmm. then you go, then we'll talk, we'll have talk about, uh, Christ and this is the mm-hmm. reason for the season. Okay, and, you know we. So they emphasize the they emphasize Christ as being the primary focus. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now I will admit that in my family, um, we didn't go to church. Okay. And I and and I can get personal with this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for me, every time I was in church, it was a funeral. 
So I I was already had like a negative connotation on church from jump. Like it was like, why would anybody go anywhere where everybody's crying all the time? Right. You know, it's like, but that's the only time I went to church. Right, right. And my mother had a, a very bad incident, uh, incident with church. So she never really pushed me to go to church. Mm-hmm. The only time she wanted me to halfway go to church, if people out there remember this, is the age of around 40. Mm-hmm. When Louis Farrakhan was very prominent. <laughs> And I was a teenager and I was sitting in front of the TV watching a three hour episode of mm-hmm. Louis Farrakhan mm-hmm. preaching at a temple. My mother turned the TV off and said, you need to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was literally like, but I, I, I was searching for something and she mm-hmm. could see that I was searching for right. it. But she saw me searching, not necessarily for, to the wrong thing. She was like, sure. you need to search over here. Right. You know, so with all that being said, um, yeah, Santa Claus for me, I want my kids to have that same feeling that when they come down the stairs. And, and my daughter's now, last year was before, now she's five. Mm-hmm. I could see that her face light up when everything mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. even though, and I'm willing to to not say it was me, mm-hmm. you know, because to tell you real quick, my daughter came to me and said, um, I said, Daddy, um, I don't want anything for Christmas. I said, why not? She said, you take me to Toys R Us all the time. Get me stuff. Mm. You know, so I don't want anything for Christmas. Um, can we give some stuff to some other kids? Mm. You know, it just. Which is the true meaning of Christmas. Of Christmas. Yeah. Right. At, at five years old, she's already got it. Right. You know, now, granted, you know, the next week she was telling me what she wanted for Christmas. But you, you get the the whole right. point. It was it was it was real nice. You know, well, you know, and I'll say this. And I know I'm probably interviewing you, but I'll say this. You know, see, I never taught my kids there was a Santa Claus. Never. Uh, and my in-laws didn't appreciate me doing that way. But, you know, it's my kids. Now, here's the thing. They were just as excited as anyone else was. Yeah. Uh, because the excitement is, in my opinion, was about how I portrayed it. You know, so my thing to them was not that Santa was going to bring you gifts. But my thing to them was, I'm going to bring you gifts. Right. And I'm bringing you gifts to celebrate the birth of Christ because gifts were given to him. So I'm giving gifts to you because I love you like he loves the world. And so still the the anticipation was still always there. The anticipation that this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And and so on Christmas Day, when they came downstairs, just, you know, the, 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 the the brightness of their eyes, the smiles and all those kind of things, as you pointed out, were, were, was always there. Then I'm not saying that, you know, other folk may share my belief, but right. um, but it was always there. Uh, and so for me, it was never an issue. It was never an issue just because I, I think because it's like like you say, I'm always searching for the truth. It's like you searching for the truth. Right. And and once I got the truth and once I understood the history of Santa Claus, I think that was key for me. When I got the history of it and, 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 and these kind of things, it became clear to me, you know, what the, with the Yule log and all those kind of things. And I knew that the Yule log and those things were pagan holidays. Right. And, and so they were things that were done specifically as idol worship. And since the Bible, you know, says, you know, that's an abomination, it was easy for me to back away. Because, right. you know, because it would be to me like, you know, I know this is, um, I'm using this as one of those, um, I guess, not far-fetched, but just to make the point, um, like fornication is a tradition. 
in our culture. Right. <laughs> you know, you try it before you buy it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Kind, of, kind of thing. But now that I know that it's wrong, I wouldn't tell my kids. Right, right. That, try it before, before you, you buy, buy it. <laughs> you know, I would say, hey, listen, uh, don't test drive. Right. Do what the Bible says. Right. You know, and, and preserve yourself. But anyway, I, I just think it's interesting. I, I, I really, one reason why I put it out there is because I know that there are countless families in, that have young children like you that have those same issues that they're dealing with, you know, and that is, you know, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, you know, I, I, I got, I caught the Holy Ghost. Right. I may not have caught them the same way. I might not have fell out because right. I think, you know, your generation doesn't quite do all the falling out and the shouting that, you know, right. baby boomers do anyway. Right. Uh, but, but they, they grapple with that, you know, is that, well, wh- wh- where do I, where do I, draw the line, so to speak, or where, where does one cross and where, what does one end? You know, uh, will there be an Easter bunny, you know, this year? And, right, and, and, right. and will we be doing that? We'll be doing it. And, and how do we reconcile those things? And I think it's so vitally important. So, so, you know, I'm going to ask you, so what, what do you think the church's role ought to be in, in, in elevating or teaching those topics? What do you think our role should be in that? I think the, I think the role the church should um, have in it is explaining the present giving moment and why we're given the presence that it mm-hmm. actually did happen at the the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Then it, that one sentence eliminates Santa Claus altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to have it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now not to say, I don't know the history of St. Nicholas, sure, right. but not to say that his, what he did is, you know, needs to be overshadowed or right. demeaned. It's just, you don't have to have, Santa Claus right. or St. Nick in the picture anymore. Or maybe explain St. Nicholas because okay, Santa Claus and St. Nicholas are not the same. Okay. That, that's the other thing. And so you make, you make a great point. You make a great point. And I'm glad you brought that up. That's what has clouded the issue. Okay. Is that we have confused St. Nicholas with Santa Claus. All right. Well, please explain. Uh, well, because St. Nicholas was a religious individual that uh, was, had, had an altruistic spirit you know, about him as a person like you. Right. So he gave gifts, <laughs> you know, just right. gave gifts. And and so what happened is over time, it kind of grew from, you know, a person who was a believer in God giving gifts to, to someone who now says there is a Santa Claus that gives gifts to everybody right. and has that kind of power. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's almost like, um, well, excuse me, almost, but it's like the Yule log, same thing, is that something that was a tradition became a sense of worship, you know, because it's how I look at it. Anything that's godly, the devil going to try to make it, going to switch it. Right. And, and, and bring it around. Uh, now, let me, let me, let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, I know our time is limited. Um, how would you feel as a parent if I were to teach that kind of stuff from the pulpit and your children are sitting out there? Hmm, that's a very good question. I I would not feel any type of way about it. Okay. And the and the reason why I say that is because if it's true and it's the truth, mm-hmm. how can you be upset with it being told to your kids? Okay. You know, that's that's how yeah. I feel about it. If it's the truth. Um, you know, uh, the granted, um, you know, you know, you ain't gonna sit in the pulpit and say your mama's a crackhead, you know, and it's the truth, but you're not gonna go up there and say well, that. Well, I might. <laughs> <laughs> 
You forgot. Right. I have called people who are from the pool. Yes, you have. <laughs> but, you know, the point I'm making is, you know, I, I really wouldn't feel on type of way about that. And. Yeah, I wouldn't feel on type of way about it. Like if like any moment, because, you know, kids are so grown now. So mm-hmm. any moment, you know, Savannah could come could could walk in the door today coming from school and say, you know, I, I found out that there is no Santa Claus, that you're Santa Claus, daddy, mm-hmm. or mommy Santa Claus. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, mm-hmm. I just roll right on with it. Now, now the point that 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 really got me questioning what I would do for my kids really had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. It was with the notion of if I teach my kids there's an imaginary person that's gonna come down the chimney mm-hmm. and give presents, and when you never see them. But there's mm-hmm. evidence that, you know, you had to leave the cookies out and I'll come downstairs and eat the cookie, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then now they get grown and then they find out that there is no Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to have the situation where I'm, I'm how am I going to handle that when they ask me about God? Right. Because God is, is, I'm not saying he's an imaginary person, but you right. can't, you can't touch out. I can't reach out and touch him. You, you don't him. touch, you don't feel. Right. It's right. like, I can't, it's not tangible. Mm-hmm. So I'll say, okay, no, no. You know, Santa Claus was, was, was fake, but God is mm-hmm. real. And they're going to look at me like, huh? It, right. And and I think that, see, I think that's the dynamic. That is the, that is the issue that, that I think we have to look at and grapple with too, is that um, if I mislead my child, when they're young, well, why, why would they believe me when they're older? You, you right. know, and how do I now reconcile that and say, well, uh, this was fake, but this is real, you know, right. and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, and that, that, that was a thing that I grappled with. And that's why for me, it was never to even go with, you know, uh, right. the, the Santa Claus rim um, and for another reason. One was I remember the pain that I felt when I learned that there was no Santa Claus. And I didn't want my children to go through that pain. Right. Uh, Because that is a, you know, it's just a killer when you, you know, when you're five or six years old and your older brother say to you, fool, there is no Santa Claus. Right. (laughs) You know, that that kind of thing. But but I I think it's interesting. I mean, I know I was was interviewing you, but I got a lot of insight, too, (laughs) out of this conversation because then it gives me something that I need. To say, well, you know, how do I address this issue, you know, as a pulpit matter? And, and how do I help parents um, to understand um, the, the, the importance of uh, taking what they have learned and applying it, like you said, seven days a week? And I think that's, that's key. It's, right. it's, it's I got to be able to apply seven days a week as opposed to saying there's a couple of days out of the week where I can just let it go. Yeah. And it just... That's the biggest thing that I think people really need to to grasp is that it's every day, mm-hmm. you know, and and if you have some real issues, having some real personal issues, it's down mm-hmm. to the minute, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, um, it's like with everything, it's about choices, mm-hmm. you know, and just try to make better choices one day than more than bad choices. Right. You know, it's like, and then listen to yourself and understand your guidance. Now, one thing that I passed which I was going to have as a, a topic one day, which was, you know, dealing with your ego, mm-hmm. you know, cause if you're in, if you go through psychology classes, they teach you about the ego. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, in religion, we, we talk about, you know, listening to your inner self and, and getting in touch with God within you. But then how do you separate that between that? Uh, how you separate the ego from that? Like, how do you know the difference? 
And for me, I know the difference when I know it's something telling me that I should not be doing. Right. You know, it's like it's no, this is a nowhere near godly likes. So I know this is my ego saying, right. you know, that, you know, um, this person is talking about me. You know, well, how did people say at well, church? Like, why? Why is always talking about me right. in church? And he ain't got nothing to do with it. Well, I think you, you. I think you. You. You really. I think did a great job of explaining that early on. You know yourself, because you know you mentioned catching the Holy Ghost. You mentioned how now you communicate and you know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Right. And and I think that that's it because that knowledge of allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you. The more you know, the more the Holy Spirit fills you. The more the Holy Spirit fills you, the more you know his voice. Jesus said that my my sheep know my voice. They know my voice. And and the way you know the voice of anyone is the more you communicate with the person. You know, the first time you met me, for example, if I had just called you on the phone, you wouldn't have known who I was. Right. But if I call you now, you know my voice. And right. so you know it's me. And that's what Jesus said it is with, with the Holy Spirit. And, and I'll say this, and not, not just to toot your horn in front of you, but from the moment I met you, you were always a person that was genuine. You was always a person I felt had high character, you know, high moral standards. Uh, and, 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 and to me, the way I know that you have the Holy Spirit in you it's not necessarily because you were kinder, because you've always been kind. It's right. not because right. you, you know, you weren't gentle. You've always been gentle. You've always been that kind of person. But what I look at now is, is that there's something intangible, you know, about you, about you now. And I can't see it, but I feel it. You right. know, like even when, like when I shake your hand, I can feel it. You know, when I'm close by you, I can feel it. And I think that's how I know that you that the Holy Ghost is in you. And you might didn't catch him like the other folk right, caught right, him. You, right, you right. might didn't fall out. But that's the evidence. And I'd be willing to bet you that if you run across some of the guys you went to college with, if if they came around you now, they'd probably say, hmm, there's something different about you now. Without you even opening your mouth. Right. Because you can really feel the difference just in that aura that's around you now. Yeah, well, I definitely appreciate that. And I, I, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, so, but um, it is, it is like I said, it's, it's been a journey. And, and what I mean by journey, a journey in trying to find the, the truth of the whole thing. I've always been trying to find the truth. And when I was a kid, I actually wanted to go find the burning bush. Ooh. You know, I, I literally wanted to go find the mountain mm-hmm. and to go find the burning bush. And then when I when I got a little bit older, I researched it. And, they, and there's people, they're still debating which mountain right. is the actual mountain. I said, well, you know, I said, well, I guess I'll just figure it out, you know, one, one of these days. But, you know, it's like, and that's what I tell people. It's like, you just got to, you know, do what, you know, what is what find out what your truth is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the reason I always I've always told people. I always joke with people. I say, I'm going to start a church called Seabreeze Tabernacle of Latter-day Saints <laughs> Temple. And it's combined all the religions so everybody can just get along. It's like, well, this don't make no sense. Right. You know, but because I'm always been um, very um, receptive mm-hmm. of no matter what religion you was on, uh, the denomination, mm-hmm. which we do pass. We got to have that podcast on the different denominations because I get confused. All the time. Well, let's make it the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is there any other questions that you got for me? No, I think we're prob- probably over time right now. So, uh, but I, I, I appreciate your, your frankness and I appreciate the opportunity because I think the uh, the listeners have learned and I, and I know I have learned and, and it's opened up some 
some debate that I hope and some questions that I hope that our listeners will now go back and, and discuss among themselves. Yeah. The one thing, Pastor, what, what, for me, you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell people all the time, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth of how I see it. Mm-hmm. And if and definitely if I feel like you're a friend and I, I tell people all the time, I'm not going to watch somebody else do something they shouldn't do mm-hmm. without me saying something. Now, after I've said something, if you're going to go ahead and do it, then if it ain't going to be detrimental to your health, I'm 100% behind. I got your back. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I'm going to at least say something. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, you know, that's just, just me. That's how I am. Right. All right. So thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.